Rough Trade is giving away a third of the first three months of the Rough Trade Club plus new music membership exclusively to 101 Part-Time Jobs listeners. Become a member of Rough Trade Club New Music and you'll receive the Rough Trade Album of the Month straight to your door every month on an exclusive vinyl pressing with bonus material. Club members have received exclusive pressings of albums from Sufjan Stevens, Sprints, The Last Dinner Party, English Teacher and Over Mono, just to name a few, this past year alone. Sign up using the promo code CLUB101POD and you'll get Rough Trade's Album of the Month, Camera Obscura's Look to the East, Look to the West for a third of the usual price. By signing up, you'll be getting Rough Trade's exclusive issue of the album on opaque purple in a gatefold sleeve plus a bonus CD containing five demos. Don't want the album of the month but still want all the benefits? Sign up to the standard tier using Club 101 Pod and you'll still get the first month free. You'll also get free shipping on all orders, 10% off at the bar and on secondhand vinyl in store and exclusive access to sold out Rough Trade events. So don't hang around. Head to roughtrade.com slash club and sign up with the code CLUB101POD. That's CLUB101POD and claim money Money off Rough Trade's album of the month today. This offer is for UK residents only. Do you play in bands? I did for the longest time. And I wish that I knew that DistroKid was a thing. I don't even think it existed back then. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and artists keep 100% of your royalties and earnings. A million plus artists rely on DistroKid to get their music on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all the major streaming services. When you get DistroKid, you can see a DistroKid bank and withdraw your earnings. You get notified when you've earned royalties and you can withdraw via the app. And you can even check your streaming stats on Spotify Spotify and Apple. Get 30% off your first year on DistroKid by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. 30% off for your first year. That's not bad. We know it's a tough world out there. Why don't you make it easier for yourself? And to get 30% off that free year as an artist where you get 100% of your royalties and earnings, go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. All right, stay with me. I'll be right back after this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. always so skits, playing gigs for 50 quids. 
someone telling you what to do You just want to keep up the fire boom Have your own wild part-time jobs 100 wild part-time jobs Hello, you're listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs. It's the podcast where I speak to bands and artists about the different side jobs they've done along their way. Their ways of survival in an industry that isn't exactly a breeze to navigate. On today's episode, I'm really excited to bring Neymar Bach. Neymar's got a new track out that came out yesterday called Lines. That's the track playing below this. And A Giant Palm, her debut record, came out last year. It's one of my favorite albums of 2022. If you haven't heard it, I'd highly recommend you go give it a listen. Neymar's going to the States in early March, going to New York, Philly, DC, Seattle, and LA. And after that, she'll be on tour with Orlando Weeks in the UK for a few shows, including one at Heaven in London. That's on 17th of March. Cheers for listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs. This podcast is supported by 2000 Trees Festival, an amazing independent festival in Cheltenham, just a few hours away from London on the train. They've made a huge announcement. If you're into the heavier side of things, this festival might be for you. They've just announced the Bronx, One Step Closer, High Viz. I went to go see them at their record release show at the Moth Club the other day. Amazing band, Bad Nerves, Loose Articles from up north, New Pagans, Lindsay was on the last episode, Martha, and that's on top of the already stacked lineup of Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes, 100 Reasons, Joyce Manor, Crows, Sprint, tons of bands going on there this July at 2000 Trees Festival. If you want to get a ticket there, the installment plan isn't going to work by the end of the month. So from March onwards, you'll just be able to get a block ticket. And if you use the voucher code 101POD, you can get 20 quid straight off that price for free. They're handing you money. 101POD at checkout. That's all at 2000treesfestival.co.uk. One more thing before I introduce Neymar. Music Week have named 101 Part-Time Jobs the podcast of their month. So cheers to them. And I've got some t-shirts. I went ahead and ordered 25 or so t-shirts printed by Vino Sangre, who's a total legend. If you want to get your shirts printed, go to Vino Sangre. If you want to get a 101 Part-Time Jobs t-shirt and make people do a double take thinking, that is that Carhartt? No, it's not Carhartt. It's a podcast that I may or may not have ever heard. You can buy one at 101 Part-Time Jobs Podcast dot bigcartel.com that's 101 part-time jobs podcast dot bigcartel.com they should be arriving in the next week and then i'll post them out straight away unfortunately the uk's postal service aren't allowing us to post parcels outside of the uk as far as i'm aware bit confusing almost as unsettling as aliens there i think but if you were in the uk and want to get a 101 part-time jobs t-shirt that's your place to go all right enough of selling you shit here is Neighbor Bok on 101 Part-Time Jobs. Go well. Cheers. You just mentioned you live in Sanford. I, I, the only thing I know about it is that you, you have to, you need a skill, right, that you bring to the community. Well, theoretically, I think you're meant to kind of, you're meant to at least be willing to have a to try and learn a skill you know so like obviously it's a perk if you do have one already and then you can be like oh i know how to do carpentry or i know how to it's mostly like diy stuff or also you can be quite you know you can be good at admin and it kind of that whole side of things but i think the main thing is that you go in there even if you don't know anything you can still 
get in but you just have to be able to say like I, well you have to show the the want to learn you know so there's room for development there like there's an encouragement if you want to live here like be part be like an active part of the community and kind of help each other out where where required yeah exactly and so like when i went when i do well when i applied i was because they have a bike shed where they fix those the bike stuff and so i was like i want to learn nice. how to you know do things with bikes <laughs> and know more about like the mechanisms of bikes and stuff and so because they've got they've got a few different things like they've got bike shed uh where you yeah like there's a lot of people quite a few people that live there really uh, like professionals of that and then they've also got a pottery part with a kiln and everything they just have like loads of different stuff you know that you can learn about which is cool um but what an amazing thing to be around you know we we are the company we keep to a large extent what a nice thing to be around people who put such value in creating stuff yeah that is awesome i mean like the the thing with um like because I was thinking because each house is about eight or nine people in it and so on the whole street I think it's maybe 120 people total um, wow yeah and so it's quite it's quite a lot and a few of those people I'm, I don't know percentage wise but maybe like at least two one or two from each house have been there for quite a long time you know like a few people have been there for 30 40 years so how many people do you reckon you've met well, okay, so if I was like a very uh, active member of the community, I probably would have met more people, <laughs> which I don't feel great about. I mean, I like I know the people in my house very well and the kind of the people on either side of me. But there is also like, despite it being a community and everyone says hello to each other all the time, you know, like and you go to meetings and you hang out with people a bit. I probably met maybe like 50 to 70 on a kind of like shallow level you know but that's a lot of people I mean 50 to 70 people like not many people know 30 people yeah I know it's quite a lot and it's like I think that you can if you live there and you're not hugely into um you know being social all the time then you can get away with it just being quite a normal situation other than just being other than saying hi or whatever every now and then but you can sort of get away with it just as if it's a normal street. It's just a nicer street. A lot of people want to live around people but not have to interact all the time, you know, which is fair enough because for some people socialising is more tiring than it is for others. And I think that that's something that I've had a couple of um, older friends in their 40s and 50s that have said they want to move in because the rent is cheap and it means that they can have a better quality of life, you know and the houses are warm you know and there's like these very basic things which are I think the more important reason for someone to get in is because they need those rather than because they can make a bowl you know (laughs) it's like it's kind of and I think people get in on that hopefully more yeah so in terms of writing I mean I've often found I find it hard to be creative when there's people around me all the time because I find it hard to find that space in in my mind how how have you found being in like an, a busy environment and having that writing discipline you know mm. setting aside that time to to write well I'm lucky because on my in my house um I've got well in my my house is made up of like there's a carpenter um a pottery maker a woman who does she makes films and then two other musicians. And so there's always, there's, I mean, I would say that a lot of people at Sanford are musicians as well. Um, but 
in my house making noise isn't a problem I had to just get over the the kind of self-conscious thing of other people hearing me you know so the first few when I first moved in I'd be singing or playing guitar or whatever and then I'd think that no one could hear me and I'd go downstairs and everyone would be like that was lovely (laughs) it's kind of embarrassing you know but but then after a while like Dave who's next door to me he just like shreds the guitar all fucking day you know so I can kind of like hide behind that a little bit and then it's fine it's the... the place for me that I really that I write more is is my car and I, I don't have a car anymore I haven't had a car for like three months and so that has actually been more difficult than like living with a lot of people is just not having one pod almost you know that is just definitely no one can hear you <laughs> yeah did you write much of giant palm in the car or or, or in the community at Sanford um, no, no, I moved into Sanford after after I after we recorded the album. I think like a month after we recorded it. But I wrote quite a lot of the melodies in the car. Yeah, I just kind of write, you know, it's like the same thing as it's almost the same thing as when you're walking and if you don't listen to music, sometimes something will just kind of come into your head, you know, in this like yeah. natural way and then you put the music to it afterwards. Have you have you found there are any kind of reliable mechanics that you can go to? You know, maybe it's a type of film or like a type of book that you've been reading or a type of place that you go have you found anything to be a reliable source of the good shit it kind of ebbs and flows in the sense that I'll go months and months without really digesting anything new or nothing new like uh, grabbing me in any kind of emotional way and then every now and then so like in the middle of December I started reading a Chilean writer called Roberto Bolaño he was um do you know him no he was like one of is the he was a student of Jodorowsky, who's a filmmaker, and um, so I kind of knew a lot about Jodorowsky because six months previously I'd been completely you know just engulfed in his world, and then I found out about this student of his, Roberto Bolaño, and I started reading him, and then that that kind of was the yeah that was like the catalyst for me starting to write music again. But it doesn't it's linked, but it wasn't directly linked. You know, it was just feeling immersed again in something, which was really it's such a special thing. But it doesn't happen all like it. Yeah, kind of maybe like twice a year. I feel that sort of you know, and you just get fully into this world, and then you start spreading out and being more interested in other things related to that person or related to their output, and you discover other stuff. And then that kind of is like the outer work, I think, is doing the internal, then like reflects on the internal work creatively. And then you things just come out naturally, you know, which is quite nice. But around that time, I started listening. I'd never listened to Joanna Newsom before, even though it's like really late to the party. But I started listening to Divers at the same time. And so I was just like, this is amazing. <laughs> that Great. album is ridiculous. So I've just had that on repeat for the last month. But, and what are those novelists yeah. and what are those sort of books about? I'm not going to try and repeat the name. Roberto Bolaño? Yeah, Bolaño. Like it's all fiction. And so it's basically about most of the books... I've read about four of them now, a collection, the collections of short stories are really beautiful, but most of them are kind of centered around one young man who's trying to be a writer. And so it's obviously like somewhat self autobiographical to an extent, but not obviously. If I was to describe what the books are about, it would sound quite dull, but there's something about the atmosphere that's created when you're reading them. There's a kind of melancholy to it. In the same, I'd say the only other author that I've read that has had that same effect on me as Richard Brautigan. Have you read him? No. Oh, you would love it. It's really like 
super creepy, you know, but like there's nothing sinister that happens. There's just, you just get this feeling, this kind of cool darkness, you know, that is great. great. Yeah. What Part-time jobs, 101. Part-time jobs, 101. Part-time jobs, 101. Part-time jobs. What I found when I was working full-time that I would basically... It wasn't it wasn't even the physical time in the day that would... It would be the mental space that I was able to give myself, you know. And so, like, instead, if I was feeling psychologically okay and mentally reasonably well then I would be able to pushing through a boring part of a book is so difficult if you're feeling depressed you know or if you're feeling low or if you've gone through something difficult because you really you just want to watch tv you really need like you just want like the pillows around you you don't want to be doing anything that you don't want to do and it can be the same obviously with songwriting where you like say the kind of nice part of writing a song where you're like la 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 and then you love playing it all the time and then, but then you can't really come up with an extra part and then it just sort of disappears and then you kind of you know and like you never want to go back to it because you're just like oh it's the hard part which is putting the fucking thing together which is different from that like little creative spark it's like the work comes in a bit more you know it depends some jobs actually allowed me gave me more mental space so when I was working at cafes I found that the kind of I wouldn't be physically too tired at the end of the day to then not do anything and so working at cafes was actually a relief having eight hours seven eight hours during the day where I just kind of focus on what I was doing making coffee or serving customers or whatever and then, yeah, and then I would just feel this, I'd feel able to make music and read and things like that. But I never really prioritised music until until this project, until I started doing this project, um, or I guess until people started saying that they liked my songs, because before I was always just doing it on my own, and then some people said, oh, these are good, you could maybe do something with this. And then that was, yeah, maybe two years ago, and then I was like, okay yeah this is you know what i want to do but giant palm was one of my favorite records of last year it's just amazing and and i you know i I remember listening to it on the first time i was getting a train up north and it was just perfect for the for the train yeah i love going on country trains you know I, i don't know if it's just from what i've seen and who i've started following and the websites that i read and find new stuff in but i feel like there is an amazing swell of new very inspired quieter music mm. do you think that yeah i do i think that it's it's actually lovely like it's quite i remember when i came out of when i left the band that i was in when i left goat girl and i kind of partly left because i'd just been surrounded by loud bands you know and I think that um, it was really fun for ages. And then it just, for me, suddenly stopped being fun and I felt overwhelmed and I couldn't, I was just done with the, you know, because really what I listened to was a lot, was music that was quieter, but I didn't really know that. I think it's it's weird how these things kind of come in groups though, you know, like I was, so I felt alone, somewhat alone. It sounds so dramatic, you know, I didn't really feel like alone, but. No, I think, I, you know, I think we've really got a responsibility to take ourselves seriously with these things and it doesn't mean you can't laugh 
or have but you know we really owe it to ourselves to tune into ourselves and take that really seriously so no I, I back that no you're right actually I was, I was kind of being a bit self-deprecating there but I think that it just sounds like such a you know a silly thing to kind of be like oh I was so alone I was only listening to quiet music but in the sense that I kind of I thought um oh well I you know I prefer quiet music I don't know anyone else that really does because I was going I was dating someone that was doing techno and then I had like so there was like in my world there was dance music rock music you know and then in my personal world there was folk music and kind of gentler a lot of like female artists as well that were making like gentler beautiful music and then I got a call from a friend of mine Campbell who was in the band Sorry and yeah yeah and we played gigs like I've known Sorry for a few years and we played a lot of gigs together and I was surprised to get a call from him asking me to do a folk compilation thing that he was doing. Broadside Hacks. Yeah, yeah. And that was a really nice Amazing. moment because I was like, oh, okay, cool. You know, and he, I had no idea he was into any of that stuff. And he was, and he kind of obviously sensed that I was. And then I just met all of these other cool people that loved, you know, and it was, and Shovel Dance Collective. Yeah. And um, obviously the Caroline. Caroline. Yeah, Caroline. I met them when I was recording my album. A few of them played on it. And it's, and I was just introduced to this whole other musical world. It was lovely, you know. It's so great to sort of see some worlds coalesce because there'll be like a shame pitchfork session on YouTube where the, you know, you recognize a couple of the horn players Mm -hmm. from Caroline or Broadside Hacks and you see Sorry and you see Caroline. And I mean, I, I, you know, I talk about these festivals a lot and I've got no affiliation with them whatsoever, but End of the Road and Green Man Mm. You know, they they both really opened my eyes, widening my net, I suppose, of of what I sort of let myself, <laughs> you know, give time for, and yeah. it's so rewarding. Yeah, it's almost like with some of that music as well. There is maybe this is a, I don't know how this is as a comparison, but in some sense there is the kind of there is a lack of stimulus with quieter music. I'm thinking more of Caroline at the moment, but I mean they are. For me, watching them is, I enjoy it loads, but like there is some, it's not the same as someone kind of like shouting in your face and they're being, you know, do, 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 do this kind of energy that a lot of the time we get hooked on and we can kind of be taken away with a bit. And in the sense that like we were talking about kind of pushing through or like reading a good book often kind of takes some you know, and then you reap the reward at the end of it. Sometimes with these bands as well, with quieter music, there is a there is that similar um, sensational feeling where you sort of reap the reward for just being patient. It's a kind of coming out of the chaos of your own mind and of, you know, of the chaos that people generally are confronted with every day on their phones or living in London in the city and all of this stuff and just focusing on something that isn't, trying desperately to grab your attention is just being itself. My friend told me a quote the other day that I just thought was really beautiful. And I've told a couple of other people and they were like, whatever, you know, but it's relevant to what we're talking about now. And so if you think about an outro, say like that, I think it was on his own good morning, maybe where it's just the bass drum kind of sporadically. And then there's silence. And it's Caroline. Yeah. Yeah. Or like it, it, that is an example of music that has got these patches of silence, you know, and it kind of, that's where it's not just filled the whole time. It was a 
person who produced my last record, Joel, told me that there was, I think it was Chopin or someone I might be misquoting, but um, said that all music was trying to be silence. And I just thought that's such a beautiful quote, you know, because it's like it's trying to create the same atmosphere that silence has, you know. And like, I wouldn't say that that is true for all music, but there is more music that is doing that, you know. You got to pick and choose the right conversation. For yeah, that, don't you? <laughs> and I found it. Yes, <laughs> it. Joel Burton for that for that quote as well. <laughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. With music as well, I've just set my my hopes very low, you know, like I've just been like, oh, it's kind of, and so then, especially with this project, then everything's just been a pleasant surprise rather than me. I've, I lived with someone for years that aimed so high with music and was had this kind of like, I'm going to be famous sort of attitude, you know, and I just saw it break, break him down, you know, and I was like, ah, okay. So maybe that's not the way. Like there is a sort of, I think sometimes there's a myth sold to us. And I don't know if it is a myth, that's a hard word, but like it's a thing in the West where it's kind of that like visualize it, manifest it, you know, and like it's a kind of business attitude, which I've never really had. And I wish I had a bit more of a business attitude because then I'd probably be making more money. But like, you know, like it's a, it's, there's a give and take to it because you can have that massive ambition um but then yeah and then it, and then things get in the fucking way and you know and then you just like and then your whole idea of what your life is crumbles whereas if you just do like what we were saying you just kind of go with this go with that like oh I need some money I'll work here for a bit and oh, I've been fired you know I, I got I've been fired from every job that I've had it's rubbish other than the gardening but that was because I was self-employed so they, no one there was no one to fire me um I was just like the but you know I'd last for like a couple of years or whatever and then they would uh, some of them not so long oh the best firing actually so my first job I was 15 when I started and I was working at um in do you know you know do you know Brick Lane yeah and there's the two bagel shops at the top of the road yeah. the, like two famous ones so I was working at a cafe in the middle of those two and so it was I can't hectic remember. yeah what was it called I think it was just called street coffee. Like it was kind of, you know, it was just like your normal hipster coffee shop or whatever. But it sort of wasn't because it was run by this maniac. And like, I don't know how far this will go. But like it was run by this guy. And um, and he had another two cafes in the area. He was really savvy, you know, he was a very clever guy, but quite intimidating. And um, I worked there for a while and then he was kind of, he'd given me some, I don't know, he'd given me some trouble the day before. And I was working, and at this time I was only 17, so I'd been working there for two years, getting paid five pounds an hour. 
you know, which wow. is now I realize is illegal, but I didn't really know that was the thing. Yeah. It might have gone up to like 580 at one point. But, um, and then he used to get these people to come in as spies to see that we were doing our job right. No. I don't know, I must have been making coffee and then I was talking to my friend at the till, basically talking about the owner, maybe not in not such a nice way. And then um, one of these spies heard me and then he came in, stormed into the shop and was like, come down to the basement. So I like went down to the basement and he just like went full ham at me, you know, like was just like, you are a fucking sneak, blah, 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 like properly going. That's terrifying. Yeah. And then I started crying because I was basically, a, I was a child, you know, I was like I would 13 cry. and this is like a 50 year old man and he was huge. And then like my friend, my best friend's mom, Ellie, Ellie's mom um, happened to be upstairs having a coffee and heard and then came down and grabbed me. And then she was like, and then, and then he was like, never come back here. So that was my most dramatic firing. <laughs> Being told off is that's triggering for my tear glands. I cry when I get told off by someone who's older than me. Yeah, yeah. I still like if if I get told off now, I still just it's something. It's like it takes you back to being in year seven. You know, like yeah. when you get a sanction or a teacher, like, and you're just like, oh my god. <laughs> you know, just, yeah. Worse. I hate it. <laughs> well, hey, good on you for working so young. And two years when you're seventeen is like half your life practically yeah that's a, that's a good amount of time oh it was a fun job I really like for everything I've just said I actually had such a good time and I met my first boyfriend there and like it was a really fun job and the people the other people I worked with were just great and yeah we, yeah. we me and Ellie the guitarist and goat girl we used to go there when we were basically because we both had our dads both lived in Whitechapel so we'd been going there since we were quite young like 10 or something you know and then when we got old enough, we just applied over and over again. We basically hassled them to go, like, please let us work there. And um, it's right. the it was Brad, who's now the owner of, do you know Dark Arts Coffee? Um, yeah, I've heard of it, yeah. Yeah, so he's that's hidden, like that's Brad's whole enterprise or whatever. But it was Brad who was working there as a barista that employed us. And then, and yeah, we, it was like a favor they were doing us. You know? <laughs> working in gardening, I mean, that is so, that's so kind of parallel to writing folk songs and, and lyricism. Like, how, how did you get into gardening? And have, did, you, did you have any sort of moments or particular places you were working on that, that just are, are a good memory? Yeah, well, I mean, I think for me, the kind of, I started gardening because probably the same reason a lot of young people do start gardening, which is a lot of people that I know have either have done it before or are currently still doing it, but it's kind of, it's, it's a lot of it is to help with mental health, I think, you know, because there's just a, so for me, it was like, well, I'm a lazy person and I don't, you know, if I kind of have the choice, I'd rather not go like frolicking outside, but it was that thing where I knew it was good for me basically. And so I, decided to go into it to try and see if it would I guess make me feel better and if I could do a bit of it would help me with doing some exercise and also it meant that I could be self-employed and kind of you know just do my own 
have my own business rather than it being rather than being reliant on someone else. Yeah. And being outside is great. But the reason I stayed in it was mostly because I ended up gardening for a few older people in my area, well, my grandma's area in New Cross. And then I just got really close with them and then you you can't stop because they're like, well, I need you to do my garden, you know. So I was like, shit, okay. Because <laughs> they're just the loveliest like there was one guy Pat who lived, who'd lived, uh, he had been friends with my great grandmother and I ended up gardening for him. And he was just like, he just has the best heart, you know, the sweetest guy in the world, feed me loads of chalk ices all the time. And he'd just kind of sit there in the garden, smoking his pipe while I'd be gardening and he'd tell me stories. And it was just such a lovely relationship. And I could tell that it really, it helped him be around someone you know because he didn't have he wasn't living with anyone and his wife had passed a year previous and it helped me because I it's just always so it's such a privilege to get to hang out with someone that grew up in the war or grew up in you know like these times that are just so far away from our own chalk ices and a pipe and the smell of a garden yeah isn't that just amazing you know I, I immediately smelt that I immediately felt it with my you know that, isn't it funny chalk <laughs> yeah. ices are a grandparent thing aren't they They really are I think for me because he lived on the road that I kind of partially grew up on in Newcross and for me it was his house was reminded me of my great uncle Fred's house and of my grandma's house and of my auntie's house who all lived on that road and this kind of time capsule like 1950s sort of time capsule where the carpets are really you know certain way and the wallpaper's a certain way and this I'm a bit of a like I guess I kind of get a bit like nerdy with that stuff where I just love the thing of being able to know as much as you can about just one knowing just one individual person's life someone who's lived until 87 I think he's in his 90s now but you, you can like that is just as interesting to me as knowing the kind of whole modern history of a country you know it's like you just need one person to listen to actually listen to one person's life story and it doesn't even have to be extraordinary but there's just this wealth of knowledge and wisdom that comes with it you know I mean I think any job that you work with people even though it can be draining you definitely can get something out of it that sounds a little bit manipulative like I want to like I have to get something out of people but it's more like you there can be a exchange between that person and you even if you're just serving them but if it you know there can be some kind of connection formed and you can still learn things It was the first time that I went to Glastonbury was this year or last year in 2022. And it was, yeah, the first two hours was like, I was freaking out, you know, because I've got claustrophobia. So as soon as I'm in any situation that I can't leave, um, I get, you know, I kind of start panicking. But I thought I've never had that at a festival before because there's always kind of a way out. But the way in took so long and we went through so many you know, like gates and car parks and tents and just sued. Once I got in and I was there, I was like, there's no way out. You know, like there's just no fucking way out. And I was really freaked out. And then after that, I just kind of clicked out of it. 
and I haven't had this at other festivals before because I don't love big crowds, but I kind of, it's almost like everyone is so happy there that there's just this sort of, you just sort of get on that bandwagon, you know? And I was like, after after like my initial two hour freak out, I was like, you know what, fuck it, I'm just gonna have a good time. And then found the hippie place, went and sat on the hill and just had like the best weekend. It was so fun. Joined it. You can't beat them, you know, <laughs> because you can kind of, sometimes I can be a bit cynical at festivals and be like, ugh, look at these idiots, you know, like rolling around in the dirt, getting fucked up. But actually, if you just join them, you know, <laughs> most of the time you have loads of fun. <laughs> well, since the last one I've been writing and I've just got a kind of a heap of songs that I'm now like sieving through and trying to pick which ones are worth recording um and we're kind it's of exciting yeah it's cool we're practicing some with the band but i've had to tell myself that i'm allowed to take time i think i get quite rushed with it you know as soon as i start rushing myself as well i don't do anything so i'm trying to like you know balance it out and it sounds um, like you're in a good place then yeah it's fun and i'm doing i'm kind of starting to do some extras work you know like where you do like background stuff for films and things because the money's pretty good and so I'm just doing a bit of that this year and then I'm gonna you know that'll like finance me being able to write songs and stuff that's brilliant how how did you get into that and uh, is that is that fun being in that world I mean have you have you seen extras I love that program yeah yeah I mean I only I, that's kind of why I started it because well I did it I did it like three years ago I was doing extras work for kind of on and off for two years um like simultaneous with the gardening and it was yeah it's you know like I did I did the you know fantastic beasts that was my first job and so it was amazing yeah it was really funny. what could you could you see yourself did you make the cut we all went to me my like me and my grandma and mom went to the cinema to see it to see if we could see and all you see is back of my head <laughs> hey that's good enough you gotta start somewhere <laughs> yeah that's true um no but i had some really it was, yeah extra work is really tough like it's whole day five five a.m until sometimes until like yeah actually don't know how actors and extras and just the whole film world do it because it is full on days and very like not many breaks and yeah I was kind of astounded you know and it, did you oh, take a book or did you have headphones um I think I took a book but you made like there's so many people you just end up making really good friends because you're kind of all really you're really really knackered and if you've been on a set for like two weeks five days a week getting getting there for five in the morning every day you know you're kind of you're almost just like drained of any um walls yeah you just become really close with these people you know so we kind of I made some really good friends doing it but it's a funny it is actually what the I guess what the tv program is like basically <laughs> actually it's is so funny isn't it <laughs> It's great. Neymar, thanks so much. This is Ace. This has been brilliant. Yeah. Thanks so much for, for joining for it. No, thank you. I feel like I've had a therapy session. It's been great. I, I tend to end these with asking about a work gaffe. And I, I wonder if you've got a, a, any kind of work fails um, in your highlight reel in your cranium. I mean, it's kind of, it's a bit boring. But my main one, one of the, the reasons that I got fired three times would be because I would eat the cake out of like without I would eat too much cake basically 
and especially if like if and I didn't realize two of the places had cameras so sometimes I'd be left on my own and then they would just see me like eating the cake and then closing the cafe four hours earlier so that I could go to the pub with my friends <laughs> so that was probably like that wasn't me being and making a mistake it was just me being an idiot and not caring enough that's you enjoying life yep <laughs> brilliant thanks so much Neymar thank you nice to meet you so there was Neymar Bach on 101 part-time jobs her new track lines is out now she's on tour in the states at the start of next month and then tour in the UK in the middle of the next month and also she's playing at end of the road festival cheers for listening to 101 part-time jobs Review and subscribe, please. I think that helps with the algorithm. I'm really terribly sorry to ask you. Such a bore. See you next week. Here's some Cox Barra. I've been working all day for me, mate, on the side. Running around like a blue ass fly. I've been working, yeah, I've been working all day for me, mate. Every bleeding minute I've been on the go. Up and down the ladder like a fiddler's elbow. I've been working, yeah, I've been working all day for me, mate. This is a Mighty Moon Media Podcast. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com